underneath with frizzy black hair and long skinny legs, and often he is blurry because he was running. One photo shows him standing tall with a medal around his neck and a trophy in his hands, but his face is not smiling. And when I ask him why he was not happy, sometimes he says, "I don't remember," and sometimes he says, "Is that me?" And sometimes he says, "I didn't want the trophy." And when I ask him why he didn't want the trophy, sometimes he says, "I don't remember." And sometimes he says, "A trophy is a silly thing." The racer. Mom says Grandpa was a champion racer. He won the regionals when he was nine, and the state championship when he was twelve, and the nationals when he was fifteen. And then he stopped running, and he wouldn't say why. And he didn't run again until my mother was three, and the two of them could run together. And that, my grandfather told my mother, was the only kind of running he would ever do because it was the best kind of running, and the only kind of running that made any sense to him at all. Moody Max. Moody Max. Moody Max puzzles my brain. I've known him all my life. Our grandpas used to take us to the same park, the one we run to now. We balanced each other on the teeter-totter, tossed sand at each other, dug in the dirt together. We got older, played catch with pine cones, pushed each other on the swings, chased around the grass. Max would laugh one minute, scowl the next, pinch my arm, and then kiss the pinch mark. Then his father left, and his grandpa died, and Max got quieter, more serious. And when he ran, he pounded the dirt with his feet and ran farther and faster, as if he could run right out of his life. He thinks I'm spoiled because I've got two parents and a grandpa, and maybe he's right. Bare feet. We always run barefoot, Max and I, because we like the feel of the ground beneath us: gritty dirt, smooth leaves, crunchy twigs, polished pebbles. Even when it's cold, we run on the hard, frozen path, our bare soles slapping down. Even when it snows, which is hardly ever, we fly through the wet fluff, our toes tingling, our feet red and alive. Some people think we are a little bit crazy running barefoot through rain and mud and snow, but it doesn't feel crazy to us. It feels like what we do, and it's one of the things I like best about Max that he will run barefoot with me. Tickets. I am running up the path behind the church when my sideways shadow Max appears, falling into steps beside me. Thump, 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 thump. Hey Annie. Hey Max. And on we go round the bend, past four white birches, tall and thin, with leaves of gold and peeling bark like shreds of curled paper. And my breath is going out into the air, into the trees, into the leaves. And his breath is going out into the air, into the trees, into the leaves, and we breathe in the air and the trees and the leaves, and we breathe in our own breaths mixed together. And thump, 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 down the hill we go to the creek. One leap over to the bank, up the hill, past the old barn faded red, one side curved inward like a big dimple, around the pasture newly mown, smell of growing grass. Slim green blades sticking to our feet, bare and brown, until we reach the red bench beside the sycamore tree with its mottled trunk and wide yellow leaves, 
and we flop onto the bench and breathe, breathe, breathe. While Max checks his time on his grandpa's pocket watch, and he looks displeased and says we will have to pick up the pace on the way back. And I tell him he can pick up his own pace, but my pace is fine, thank you very much. And he says I will never get anywhere if I don't pick up my pace, and I tell him I don't need to go anywhere. And he says, you might change your mind someday and it will be too late. He wiggles his feet, flexes his ankles. These feet are my tickets out of here, he says, sounding tough like a boy in a movie, not like the other Max I know. I look at my feet, which don't look like tickets to me. They look like two feet, browned by the sun, that like to run. The Alien It's hard to believe that the alien baby is really growing inside my mother, because you cannot see anything, and she cannot feel anything. Not yet, she says. And sometimes I dream that it is not a human baby in there, but that it is a rabbit or a mouse. Or one time I dreamed it was a miniature horse, silky and smooth, with petite hooves. And when it was born, my mother said, Oh, a horse. It's not what I expected. And I said we should keep it anyway, even though it was not what any of us expected, because it was a rather nice little horse. Rooms The baby is going to share my room with me. It's a small room, but a crib will fit. And I am glad the baby will be with me, although my mother says it might be annoying at first because the baby will wail and cry. Grandpa says the baby should have his room, that he should just get on with it and kick the bucket and make room for that baby. And my mother tells Grandpa that he cannot kick the bucket. He is not allowed, because the alien baby needs to see its Grandpa. And sometimes Grandpa forgets about the baby. And when my father bought a pint-sized baby outfit, Grandpa said, Is someone having a baby? And so we told him again about the alien baby growing in my mother. And Grandpa nodded and said again that he should kick the bucket and make room for the baby. I go out running, thump, 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 in the air, in the wind, under the autumn sun. And I think about Grandpa when he was young, running, running, running. And I wonder how it must feel not to be able to run anymore, and not to remember even that you could run once. And it seems as if he is evaporating or shrinking disappearing, little pieces vanishing each day, while the alien baby grows bigger and bigger, multiplying cells, which I hope are baby cells, and not rabbit or mouse or horse cells. Mother of the World We live in a small yellow house on the edge of a small town with one main street and two stoplights. Max lives in an apartment not far from me. He says he hates our town and will live in a big city someday where no one knows your business and where there would be a million opportunities, and even he, a small-town boy without a father, which is the way he describes himself, even he could be somebody. He gets mad when I tell him he is already somebody. Often he reminds me that when I was seven, he asked me what I wanted to be when I grew up, and my answer was, Mother of the World although I have no idea now why I said that or what I meant. Max said, at seven, 
that he was going to be a famous athlete and he would open camps all across the country, free ones, for boys like him, where they could run and play and be free and have no worries. And that is still what Max wants to be and do. Max also reminds me that when I was 10, I suddenly jumped off a swing and said, Why are we here? I remember that moment, how I was swinging and feeling so happy and free, watching the people in the park, all the mothers and fathers and grandmas and grandpas and children going to and fro. But suddenly I felt shivery, alone and apart, dizzy from seeing all those people and multiplying them by all the people in all the towns and cities in the world. And I jumped from the swing with my urgent question, Why are we here? In the park? Max asked. No, I shouted. Why are we here on this earth? Max scowled at me. I don't know, do I? He said. Am I supposed to do something important? It doesn't seem enough to merely take up space on this planet, in this country, in this state, in this town, in this family. I know why Max wants to be a famous athlete, but I do not yet know what I should be or do. Questions. When I ask Max why he hates our town, he shrugs, aims his deep gray eyes at me, then turns and sweeps his arm through the air, as if he has waved it over the whole town, and he says, Too small. Always the same. I want to see what is out there. And he stands on tiptoe as if he could see over the tops of the trees to the rest of the world. I don't understand, Max. The town seems huge to me, and never the same. Everything changes. The light, the smells, the sounds, and people coming and going and growing bigger and older. When Max says he will open camps...